You, you can holler, you can applaud, you can scream, you can do anything you want. I can't hear you anyway. <laughs> I'm Kyler Bingham, and you're listening to the Salt Lake Dirt Podcast. Today on the show, we have Simone Baptiste, whose short film $16,000 is playing right now at the Virtual Slam Dance Film Festival 2021. Um, I absolutely love this film. Uh, welcome, Simone, to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Kyler. This absolutely. is awesome. Well, maybe you could just tell me uh, a, a bit about the film the, so the audience has an idea of what to expect. And um, I mean, everyone should definitely go see this. It's it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, $16,000 is, um, oh, wow, LA sounds are coming in through hot and heavy right now. Sorry, everyone. Oh, I don't really even hear that, yeah. Okay, good, because yeah. I'm on a main street, but oh. LA traffic and all the noises are incredible out here. No um, worries. So yeah, I will restart. So <laughs> $16,000 off to a great story um, is a um, comedy about reparations, um, but not poking fun at reparations. It's truly trying to discern what reparations should be, shouldn't be, um, and also marinating in a lot of the comedy of that. Um, so the premise is really focused on um, Brody, who is a struggling college grad. He lives on his sister's couch. Um, and one day they wake up to find that reparations have been paid. But of course, it is the lowest amount it could possibly be. And so they kind of struggle through, you know, what would be, you know, a useful way of using this newfound money? Um, is this newfound money really reparative justice for the crime of slavery and everything that came after it? Um, and then also, um, do we see people falling into certain traps of uh, you know, delving into black capitalism, which is just as, you know, exploitative as regular capitalism. So we, we dive into these subjects hot and heavy. And, um, you know, I think that the takeaway we wanted for audiences to see is like, we should not be boiling reparations down to simply a check that does not bridge the mm -hmm. racial wealth gap. It just kind of is a band-aid and it's uh, more symbolic. And I think that um, you know, there are a lot of organizations out there that have um, much more transformative demands for reparations beyond a check. But of course, the uh, mainstream discourse, discourse is always about the money. <laughs> so sure, we wanted yeah. to kind of move away from that or at least show what that would actually look like, because it's been a lifelong dream to even just see it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, I, and I think when we were make when we came together, Brody Ellington and I, Brody Reed and Ellington Wells are the writers and co-stars. Um, we really just wanted to see it happen. And at the time it was seen as like impossible that the government could send a check to everybody in America. <laughs> and, and then 2020 <laughs> happened and we we're like, oh, that's totally possible. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where we came from. And um, yeah, it just became a great, um, you know, jumping off point for what could be a series. And so, um, you know, we were really excited to really just dive into it and bring all these comedic voices to the forefront. Yeah, no, that's great. I um, when I when I read the the synopsis, I it, it it definitely piqued my interest. So I was I was really glad that you uh, reached out, and I didn't know quite what to expect because it was listed as a comedy. Uh, so I'm like, this is a very serious topic. 
but it was so well done and it was so funny and it, it was it had like a, a a realism to it but it was like satire and funny and um just extremely well done and i i think that would be incredible if it was you know could spark something more like a series or you know at least a few more episodes because it was i mean it, it held my attention like that i was it kind of sh- it made me think about things i hadn't thought about before being a you know a white male from utah it's um mm-hmm. sometimes it's easy to get get in your own bubble so um it just was such a great great piece of work um i'm curious so you said you're like you're you're in los angeles so you're mm-hmm. part part of the la comedy scene yeah and um the, and I'm not a comic, so we'll stop. We'll, okay, <laughs> but you're a writer. You're a, you're a comic writer. Yeah, just a writer in general. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, I come from um, the angle of like I wanted to produce things, I wanted to direct things, um, and of course, when you have limited funds, sometimes putting on live productions be- becomes like a way to you know get into that and the way to meet people, and so. Um, I made a web series like um, pretty early on after moving out to LA that featured a lot of LA comics. And through that, um, you know, I met a lot of people. It was super fun. Uh, Of course, we ran out of money. And then I was like, okay, I guess I can just start producing live comedy shows. And all the comics loved me because I wasn't trying to get stage time. So (laughs) (laughs) that was like, okay, I solidified myself here. (laughs) Um, But I have um, been producing live comedy shows for about five years and I met so many cool and interesting people who ended up in the film like I knew everyone who was in the film prior and so I think that you know familiarity helped I think a lot and I knew people's comedy I knew to cast them based off of their type of humor Um, but of course the majority of the um comedicness was on the paper Bertie Reed and Ellington Wells really did a bang up job like putting this together because like you said uh, a lot of people are a little bit skeptical about um, tackling reparations through comedy uh, <laughs> and so you're not the only one who was a little bit like what is happening um, but this was something where we knew we could disarm people with comedy um, a lot of comedy comes from a very truthful place and uh, you know, when you hear the subject of reparations, it's super divisive, like, and we knew that going in, we read up, we read up all the articles, we researched, we did everything we needed to do. Um, and I think presenting it in this way definitely, um, you know, disarms people, it makes people like realize different things, it makes people want to learn more about it. Um, and also not everything has to be so serious, like, or as a black community, I think we're trying to move away from trauma porn. I don't know if you've heard the term, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, the, the struggle stories, the Oscar single tier, you know, (laughs) kind of portrayals of some of the issues facing the black community. And of course there's a time and place for that, but I think that the generation coming up now, we really want to have black joy depicted on screen as well um and we should be able to do that i think there's the space for it and uh yeah i want to be you know pushing the needle in that direction because i think we all need like a breath of fresh air no i i mean i i I love it i mean it's it's always good to be you know educated on something but sometimes like when i watch um any kind of like film or tv show sometimes it gets 
kind of overwhelming when there's always a very in-your-face message where you can't come to it on your own or sometimes you just want to be entertained um so I, I thought like it was just so just so tactfully done and it was like it just made me think about all kinds of different things and it was um uh, and it was funny more than you know for me the most important thing it was like just a very entertaining um good piece of of comedy writing and, and acting and filmmaking and then it, it you'd always know something is good when you keep coming back to it in your mind throughout the day it's like I keep thinking about it every day and it's like making me think about you know the state of our country and, and, and race and then it made me jump to kind of what you just said about how like oh lo and behold they can send everyone a check <laughs> and it's like I'm not I'm certainly not complaining about getting a check but it really had no impact or very yeah. very little impact so it's on my like life almost like america got reparations this year. <laughs> and you see it doesn't yeah. go very far no. um, <laughs> it doesn't even pay rent you know so. yeah so basically <laughs> one month. Like, it's so funny because i hadn't even thought about that and like we're you know pretty deep into the festivals now like slam dance is our last one mm -hmm. um but it's just like you know, the idea when we were creating this is 2019 when we were writing this and putting this together. And I think it's just so interesting how, you know, things have played out over the last like year and a half. And, you know, I think the film is perfectly timed, um, you know, because of everything that has happened, but it was totally something we could have never predicted. Um, but of course, like, I've done lots of political education talks around this film and have learned even more through that process too. And, you know, the unique um, cases for reparations that can be made, you know, like the Tulsa massacre, um, uh, Black Wall Street, they have a lawsuit going on right now. Um, and just, you know, beyond slavery, there are so many things like in reparations, it's not exclusive to the black community either. I'll just say that first and foremost, it's for any group of people who have had a crime committed against them. And so that's why we've seen throughout history, different communities of people receiving reparations. Um, you know, the Japanese receive reparations, um, the Native American um, community in this country have received many checks, but it has not made their community whole. And so it's something that we have to look at you know, and not be dogmatic about like, oh, we just want this money and it's going to change everything. No, because like as history has shown us, that hasn't been the case for other communities. Uh, of course, there was a crime committed against the Black community, uh, but we should be a little bit more nuanced in what we are demanding, like systemic change <laughs> being forefront of like what our demand should be. And um, but yeah, tackling it in this way was super, super fun uh, because like it's been a lifelong dream. It's like the dinner table conversations in every Black household is like reparations and um, and only Dave Chappelle really was able to like put together a sketch, you know, <laughs> prior, but we haven't yeah. seen like a whole film and uh, and so, yeah, but I went back and watched that Dave Chappelle sketch. It still holds up. It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember that definitely. Yeah. Now it's a it's a topic. So I'm I'm a high school uh, U.S. history and government teacher, and oh, uh, we like I kind of we I, I teach the Tulsa massacre, um, and we've we talk about we've reparations has popped up, and I, I you know I tend to be very careful. I just want to hear I want to hear what they think 
about it, the students. So it is, I don't really, you know, put out, I just put the conversation out there and kind of moderate it and listen to them. And it, it is fascinating to hear, you know, different perspectives. Cause I, I mean, I'm in Utah, but it's a, it's actually a, a pretty diverse uh, high school setting. Mm -hmm. So you get all kinds of different um, thoughts. And like what you mentioned, the Na native American, we have a lot of native Americans in the area I'm in. Um, so that comes up and I had never really, I mean, stupid me, I'd never really thought of it in those terms before, but yeah, um, it is, it's a, it's a topic that, you know, while like definitely focusing on specifically your community, it is like, it, it's a, it can go beyond that and grab people's attention. So, um, and like I said, like, like what you said, comedy does, you know, that when it's done well, it can really tackle some some serious topics, you know, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, so I, I am, I am um, interested about, um, it, you know, it's a real bummer. We can't all be together in park city this year, yeah. but um, I've been talking with a lot of filmmakers this last week. And um, I think one of the positives we've, we've come to the conclusion is that so many more people are going to be able to see the work at slam dance this year, not just a small amount of people who, who are make, able to make it to, to slam dance. Um, so I'm just excited to to kind of see what comes of all of these films and shorts and different um, different works of art, um, how far it will go. Because I, I think it's I mean, I've already talked to people from all over the world who, you know, they've never been to America and now they're able to have access to all of the films that are at Slamdance. So yeah. it's, a, it's a really cool um, situation. I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on it and if you've had any anybody reach out so far um yeah. that okay um, yeah i mean i i think it's wonderful to be able to round out our festival you know uh showing at slam dance like that obviously is like a dream of especially because it's my directorial debut i think it's very special to be able to um be at slam dance and uh of course i only got to do one festival in person <laughs> that oh. was last february and um at the pan-african film festival in la and we won that festival oh, nice. and then everything shut down and, so, <laughs> and then we like literally attended everything virtually but i think slam dance is uniquely positioned that they got to see a year's worth of virtual festivals and actually mm. like got to you know see what worked for other people and what didn't work and so I think that they're doing a really good job and um, I like the fact that um, you know it is so accessible this year for people to view um, all around the world and it's not like super expensive I've seen some virtual festivals that like tried to charge a ton of money <laughs> and yeah. so no, like slam, yeah. slam dance kept it like very much like this is for the community and anyone who wants to watch can watch and I'm very happy about that um, but yeah, you know, right now, like, um, I've gotten people reaching out about like, what, what's my next project? What am I going to do next? And of course, like, you know, I have answers because uh, we've been doing this for a year, but um, Brody Ellington and I are pitching this as a show currently. Uh, we've set up some meetings already. And I think that, um, you know, what you said earlier is right. Like there's so much more that could be done with this subject and diving into what a post reparations world would look like. Um, and, you know, there's a number of subjects that we could tackle in this, you know, new, I guess, story world that hasn't ever been tackled before like this. Yeah. And so um, I think that, you know, 
with this, um, you know, you have to love an idea to like keep on doing it mm -hmm. for this long. And like, we truly are in love with uh, what we put together and the collaboration that we all three had together. It was just very magical a very, very much, um, you know, a surprise too, because you never know going into a new project, like how, you know, everyone's going to work together. And so this is the first time we like all three work together in this capacity. And it was just really wonderful. And so, um, you know, we're going to continue to work together in the future. I'm absolutely positive about that. <laughs> so, and I, I hope to present some more, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it's okay to bring a little controversy to the festival around, but I, I hope to For keep sure. pushing um, the extent of that, you know, with my future projects. I do come from an activist background and um, I bring that to my, you know, my work because it's super important um, to me that my work says something. And I think now, now that we're seeing the cards falling, like, um, you know, sorry to bother you. And now Judas and the Black Messiah, like, I'm just so, so thrilled that there are movies getting made, you know, that tackle these issues. Um, and of course, like, um, you know, sorry to bother you is a huge influence to me because mm -hmm. it is a workers' rights film. Um, it is tackled in a bit of a surrealist tone. Um, and there's comedy in there. And I think that, you know, it's so um, persuasive, <laughs> you know, like you watch it and mm -hmm. you totally understand what, you know, the filmmaker is trying to say and that they come from a background that is, um, you know, pro-union and, you know, uh, pro-worker power. And I think that, um, Boots Riley opened the door for other people like me to make films too that mm -hmm. um, have, you know, you know, socialist undertones, anti-capitalist undertones, things that we're fighting for um, on the national scale, um, you know, being able to be put in into a film um, is it's a new world. It feels yeah. it feels a little bit different. Like we're allowing for these stories to be told now. Yeah. So and, and like a, I was surprised with a with judas how quickly because it was that it was at sundance just a few weeks ago and now it's on hbo i was on hbo last night i'm like oh awesome because uh, <laughs> i didn't get a chance to see that and i really that one's about uh, fred hampton right yes okay so i teach we teach black panthers in my u.s history class and i'd always <laughs> said like i can't believe there's in a movie like a good movie done on this so yeah, i mean the last we, one i guess was spike lee's uh, malcolm x movie from right. so long ago and I, you know that holds i show that at a I, I teach a film class as well so i show that every year in my film class mm -hmm. and it's always interesting which which films um work with the students and which ones don't so a lot of times i think like oh i love this movie but they, like the kids won't like it and so yeah. a few years ago i tried out malcolm x i'm like i'm just gonna try it um because it was it's one of my like it's always lasted with me mm -hmm. and they totally loved it and we so i show nice. it i show it every year now and it's like that's one of their favorite picks i always have a vote at the end of the the semester what's their favorite movie and that one usually comes up to the top and they've a lot of those these kids here have never even heard of malcolm x before yeah so it's i a, mean it's cool it's so funny like um you know <laughs> thinking about time and like thinking about like our distance from those events like uh it feels 
like it wasn't that long ago and then I'm like wow I guess I'm getting old because like, <laughs> I'm like wow I didn't realize like generation alpha probably has no idea <laughs> that's their name right I, I hope I'm kidding right? yeah Gen- no <laughs> <laughs> I like um, that I like that alpha. <laughs> but yeah I think that um you know another you know it just feels like there is now room to tell these stories again. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm just very pleased that um, more are getting, you know, through and, um, and getting acclaim and people are watching them and enjoying them because it's, you know, things that, I mean, as a teacher, you probably know, like, were these things totally embedded in your schooling as you're coming up? Because I know, like, for mine, it was glazed over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so- I did. No, yeah. like I, I had no interest in American history while I was in school. Yeah. And then I started just reading stuff on my own. And I was like, I mean, maybe it was taught, but I wasn't paying at- attention. So it wasn't, I don't think it was taught, you know? I so, I mean, a lot of this stuff, I don't want to throw myself under the bus professionally, but it's not in the 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 um, state core. <laughs> like Tulsa, <laughs> the Tulsa massacre is not there. Yeah, but I, like, I, mean, I only the, found uh, out about Tulsa as an adult, you know, because yeah. I think that, it wasn't taught in my school. I can say that for sure. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But we'd always kind of put the black stories like in February and then like kind of just forget about it after yeah, that. And, yeah. and so now I think like given the times that we're in and um, the amount of you know people who want to retell these stories for mm-hmm. a, a mass audience, like I think it's great. And um, it's filling in the gaps for a lot of us people who didn't no. get- school but totally it's, yeah, yeah. But no i oh go ahead sorry oh no you're good <laughs> um yeah yeah no like i, I mean you know, i'll just i'll just say this i had at the beginning of the school year because i'm in person we get we have to go in person so i'm teaching like with a mask and you know oh, I'm, no. I'm doing yeah i'm doing online um you know simultaneously with the, but i got my first vaccine a couple weeks ago so i'm i'm that's like, good i'm getting there but I had kids, they had watched Watchmen over the summer mm-hmm. and they were telling me about it. And so they, I don't think they realized it was, I'm like, well, you know, that really, that really happened. Not the Watchmen stuff, but like, <laughs> the, you know, the Tulsa thing and they, they couldn't believe it. So they were, cause we hadn't gotten to that point yet. Um, yeah. So that it was just pretty incredible, cool. Incredible series. Like it was yeah, super powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, Afrofuturism and everything and they included historical context it was just like very cool how they mm-hmm. did it and of course like um yeah squids aren't falling from the sky but yes uh there was yet, a Tulsa right? massacre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's great uh so you're down in you're in Los Angeles like we, we said I'm just curious how the pandemic you know I hear it's really been impacting you guys and um, I mean, everyone, it's been impacting the world, but I'm curious how it has kind of shut down the comedy world. I know clubs are, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, shut down still. Oh, yeah. I mean, it basically decimated all of that stuff. So a lot of people have moved shows online. And, you know, I was just like, at least I was distracted by having a film in festivals because. Mm-hmm. Honestly, um, that was the majority, like booking comedy shows was like the majority of my life pre-pandemic. And Mm -hmm. so I totally, totally missed that atmosphere of like being, you know, at a comedy show and it's very community focused. And um, 
very much like everyone pitches in and puts together something for the community and um, yeah, I mean, I can't wait to get back to it post pandemic um, because it's just such a great space where lots of new ideas come in and, you know, and you're, we miss that kind of contact with people and mm -hmm. we miss like the commentary, the cultural commentary that it pokes fun at itself. Like everything feels so, so serious um, if you're only getting it through the news. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. Like it was a way to like decompress and unpack like you know what is what what's happening in the world like people filtering it you know and spinning it so that it can be like um healing i guess and yeah. not oh, just sure. straight up news 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 and mm -hmm. despair <laughs> um so yeah i really do miss that because um i'm it it really like once you're like involved in that you can have community healing you can have um you know I just, just like um, camaraderie, friendships, all that stuff. And it just feels so uh, real and authentic, but now it just feels like everything being online, it's so hard to even know like where people are at, are, are you okay? Like right. what's, <laughs> what's happening? Like we're missing um, that other half of it. Um, and so, yeah, I totally miss it. But LA has just been, um, totally uh messed up so no one travel here anytime soon. yeah no i i go there i go there at least once a year sometimes more so yeah. I, had, I had my like i usually book early and so you know i had to cancel unfortunately last summer i i kept like i booked all the way back in january for my room and all that my car and mm -hmm. and so i'm like well maybe it'll like maybe it'll get better and then it kept getting worse and worse and worse and then yeah. the and then the protests um, started down there the day that I was supposed to come down and it just kept, I'm like, I'm just gonna, it's, pro it's probably not a good idea for me to not come down good, right now. That might've been one of the worst times of the out here. Like yeah. there were tanks lined down Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. It was yeah. surreal. Um, but I think like, you know, <laughs> this comic Simon Gibson tweeted out, like, if you've been in LA for the whole pandemic i'm sorry but your brain is broken <laughs> like you know it's not great to be here right now because um i think that in the beginning everyone took the pandemic seriously and then people did like the very relaxed la thing and over time we're just like ah, you know like make up your own rules um and people who claim to care about this stuff just making up rules as they go and justifying and that's where the you know broken brain happens where it's like yeah but like if if it's a full moon and you know and it's in Sagittarius and we're like three and a half feet apart and and I wore a mask like earlier today like you know people will justify anything to sure yeah <laughs> um but yeah I think you know, um, I just can't wait for the city to get everyone vaccinated so we can all get back to doing what we mm -hmm. like to do and going on sets. I have been on a couple sets during this pandemic and it's not safe. Like, I, I mean, they can make it as safe as they like, as they can, but it's still not like, you know, safe to do it when ICU capacity was 0%, mm -hmm. you know, and so uh, we're all trying to grapple with that because yeah, people need to work, but um, you know, under what circumstances is it worth the risk? Right. So, yeah. 
No, I am like I am curious what kind of like and I'm I'm me personally I'm I'm not ready for it for a few years, but I'm I'm curious what kind of art comes from this time period. I think, you know, I don't want to forget it, but I think when it when it's kind of gone back to some, I mean, I don't think we'll ever go back to the the same where we're gonna be in a post-pandemic world, but um I'm just curious about like the movies and and how it'll be um you know, plugged into culture. I mean, you well now you even see it just in, in cheesy commercials and stuff. Everyone has their mask, but I'm I'm curious, like with good good filmmaking, if we need to take a break from it, <laughs> just from entertainment, and then we can come back to it down the road. Um, but one thing I was gonna say about Slam Dance, I don't th- I don't think I said this already, but it seemed like it's kind of like when you buy a new car and and um all of a sudden everyone has that car that you have just because you're 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 aware of that more now than you ever were so now you're seeing it everywhere so mm-hmm. i've you know i don't know about you but i've been able to watch a lot of the slam dance films so far um, and even some of the sundance films i saw it just felt like so pointed for the time we are in right now just mm-hmm. um and i don't know if they're just like a you know it's just a regular movie good movie that would have been there anyways it probably was that was the case but yeah. it just seems like like kind of the, like the loneliness and the um living in a world where anything possible and not necessarily in a good way is mm-hmm. is happening so um yeah. i don't know if you i don't know if you've been able to see some of the other stuff at i know you're pretty yeah. probably pretty busy but there's a lot of really good stuff out there this year yeah, I mean, I need to do a solid like binge of everything on Slam Dance, but I have gotten to watch a lot of the episodes because it's my block. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I I agree. I think that um, you know a lot of this stuff is super super relevant, and um, I'm sure it was chosen because of that too. And so, I'm really pleased with the programmers at Slam Dance this year um, for making sure that these stories are you know these stories that are so relevant are being showcased in this way um and yeah i mean to be honest uh this is um this is like quite the ending point for us and i i'm there i'm just very very thankful that um we get to do it at slam dance because they have been known for um, elevating indie filmmakers um and yes, I would have loved to have been in Park City, Utah, <laughs> but it's, you know, so it goes and uh, maybe another, another year I'll come back to Slam. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, um, I go most years and you see a lot of the same people and then like people have a short there and then they have a film there a couple of years later. So it, it is kind of like a, like a small little family up there, which is, you know, then you have people who got into to Sundance, but they pop up you know, and they, they do a panel or something. So um, I'm sure you'll get up there or something. <laughs> sure. yeah, it'll happen one day. It will. Yeah. Um, well, great. Anything else you want to, you want to add about the film before we wrap it up today? Um, just that you can follow the film at 16 K film on every platform. And um, we'll, we have an email list too. So we're going to keep everyone updated um, on where it goes after here, oh, because great. of course we are pitching it as a show and want to keep folks updated and, um, and just wanted to say thank you to everyone who tunes in to watch $16,000 and um, feel free to bug me on Twitter too, <laughs> if you want, um, at Sim de Beauvoir, Sim underscore de Beauvoir. 
Um, great. Great. Thank yeah. You. No, I, I loved it. And it's like, it's a good sign when like I was frustrated that it was over. Like, I'm like, damn it. I want another, I want another episode. I want 10 more episodes I can sit and watch tonight. So um, mm -hmm. I think good things will happen with it down awesome. the road. So um, yeah, Your once again, to all the network executives. <laughs> exactly. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. I'm like, <laughs> I'm the general population out here. You're, <laughs> you're, you're focused on me. Um, Simone, thanks so much for talking with me. Um, I had a great time and I'm definitely following your career and um, yeah, everyone else should as well. So thank you so much. Everyone check out $16,000 playing now on demand um, to the Virtual Slam Dance Film Festival through the 25th, I believe. So yep. we still have plenty of time. <laughs> thank you, Kyler. Hey, thank you so much. Great Take care. You. All yeah. righty.